Hey, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition here, Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I am the conquistador, Dave Height. Wow, have we got a lot of new music for you this week. As always, the weekend, the weekend edition kicks off with an album review and eight new songs. Not one, not two, eight new songs for you this week. We're catching up from all the technical glitches and all the problems we had over the last couple weeks. So Dave and I are playing catch up. It's all good. It's all music. And then, of course, we've got concerts coming up in two weeks. Greta Van Fleet in three weeks. The Young Guns, Mammoth WVH, and Dirty Honey. You kids are in for a bunch of treats here over the next month. Oh, baby, we got we got it for you. You are covered. That is right, especially this week with new music. I will let Dave start off as we discuss the new Scorpions album, Rock Believer. This one, I really enjoyed. It started off pretty good. I liked Gas in the Tank. Nice, nice little intro. I don't think it was the strongest one to start with, but it was it was enjoyable to listen to. This one, I think the first half was stronger than the back half. So I, I don't know. I, I can agree with that. Um, I thought it was hit and miss. I I, I agree it was hit and miss. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, and I definitely agree that gas in the tank was probably not the strongest song to start the album with. No, but that being said, it wasn't bad. roots in my boots. Why did they even do that one? Can I, can I just tell you that sometimes you and I are simpatico beyond all belief because (laughs) it, it on the surface, Roots in My Boots sounds like a really kind of strong, not not generic, but just a regular Scorpion song. But I'm just like, what the hell does this song mean? Who came up with the title Roots in My Boots? This is it, it was it was bubblegum crap. <laughs> yeah, I didn't that was not my favorite song on the album, believe me. <laughs> no. No. Knock 'em Dead came back pretty good. We talked about Rock Believer already being solid. Um, had a couple in there. I wasn't. I don't know. Now the Shining of Your Soul. The two we were gonna. Yeah, the Shining of Your Soul definitely. You and I again are simpatico. Has that reggae beat to it. Now Shining of Your Soul and Seventh Son, I think, were the two that we discussed last week that we were going to review, but we decided we're going to end up doing the whole album anyway. So why review the songs? Those were the the two, the last two releases before the album came out. I do like shining of your soul, but yeah, again, you and I are simpatico reggae beat. Um, It it, kind of worked for him. Now seventh son is awesome. That one was phenomenal. One of my, one of my two or three favorites on the entire album. It's more old school. 
it, it reminded me more of something that you would have heard off of Love at First Sting. Um, more old school yeah. Scorpions, a little bit harder edged. There's nothing, the, the thing about this album is to me, there's nothing really harder edged, but there's no goopy ballads either. So it's, it's a, a win-win, lose-lose, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, hot and cold. I was hot and cold about. <laughs> I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed Peacemaker. That was one of my favorites on here. Now, that was the initial release. That was the first single off of uh, the yeah. album. Yep. Yeah, that I, that actually probably should have been the first track to lead you into it. Yeah, I, I could see that. That would have been a better lead-in track than Gas in the Tank. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then... The, from there on out, it it, it kind of went downhill for me, with with the exception of maybe "Shout for Your Heart." Okay, now that's Call where that's where you and I probably are, are different. Is that again? I bought the physical CD, so I did not get the deluxe edition. So I'm only reviewing okay. the first eleven songs. So okay. I'm done when it, when you know where you came from, that's it for me. Okay. Be, be grateful at that point, because <laughs> when they do the acoustic of when you know where you came from, not a fan of the acoustic one on the deluxe. Yeah, I just didn't want to shell out the extra six or seven bucks for for four or five more songs. Um, Yeah. No, I I listened to it on Spotify. I did too, but I was kind of going back and forth, and I just decided to stick with the the regular edition. So I've only got the first 11. Um, Now, I will say there are a couple songs that you didn't mention that I really liked. Call of the Wild I thought was really good. Song 10. See, I wasn't overly wild about that one. Again, there you go. You were hot and cold about hot and cold. <laughs> you weren't yeah. overly wild about Call of the Wild. Oh, Shecky. Shecky Height performing Saturday <laughs> night at the Sahara. Two shows on Sunday. Ba-doom-ba. <laughs> what about When um, I Lay My Bones to Rest? I really like that, too. Song 8. That one, that one, I that was one of my top three. Yeah. I like that. Um, but overall, I think you and I agree on the album. And again, I'm glad they didn't do a goopy power ballad. Oh my God, yes. So the the 11 songs on the regular edition of Rock Believer, there's not a dud, but there's really not a lot of standouts either. That's the problem. Um, so I'm going to give, I'm going to give rock believer two and a half frenzies. That's where I'm at with it too. Yeah. I just, you and I agree, but it's not an in your face that you normally would get from the Scorpions. Yeah. It's not their worst. It's not their best. Um, and I think you're right. I think the beginning of the album is really just, it doesn't start off the way it should you were right. Peacemaker should be up there in the first couple songs. 
you take gas in the tank, roots in my boots, and knock them dead the first three, that is pretty weak in terms of a start. When you look at yeah. what you could have had up there at the beginning, you could have put, when I lay my bones to rest, Peacemaker, Rock Believer, Seventh Son up there, the stronger songs Thank on the album. Cool. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, uh, it looks like Dave and I agree that this – well, we're still glad to have the Scorpions around. Of course, this is not their best effort, but we'll still take it. Yep. And we'll still look forward to a tour. That's what we want. A tour. Damn right. <laughs> One last time around. So Mrs. Mrs. C wants to see them since she missed the last go. And she has to hear the zoo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's imperative. That is an inside sports frenzy joke, kids. Um, so now, of course, eight songs to review here. First off, let's start with Ted Nugent's American Campfire. Coming up from his upcoming album, Detroit Muscle. I like this. I did like this. It's, it's Nuge. It's the Nuge. It's not great, it's but it's... I, it was... To me, it felt like a generic cop-out for him. Oh, look at you. Harsh. Harsh. So, I I give it a two. It, it, it was good, but it just didn't do it for me. Wow. Okay. I will go two and a half. I liked it more than you. Um, I thought it was catchy, but again, it's not. It's the nuge. It's not deep. Um. And you can look at Ted Nugent kind of like how we just reviewed the Scorpions where you're not going to get lyrical depth, you know? You're not going to get get anything other than sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But if they can make it catchy enough, that's when they're good. And I think American Campfire is just catchy enough where I'm willing to give it a pass at two and a half. There you go. It, it didn't catch me on fire are you gonna keep I'm doing going this yeah that. you're just gonna I'm, keep doing this, I'm gonna do this the lounge act through the whole segment <laughs> you pick the next song what what's our next song dave we are gonna go fear of the dawn from jack white the second off of this album you know this one, I listened to it after listening to Rock Believer. And after Rock Believer, it kicked into another Scorpions track. It just happened to have been the sales of Sharon. And then I listened to American Campfire and then Fear of the Dawn. And damn, if Fear of the Dawn did not sound like the sales of Sharon. I went back and forth on them. Very, very damn close. Well, I thought I did not listen to obviously uh, Sales of Sharon, but I thought Fear of the Dawn was fucking awesome. Not not like greatest song ever, but just I needed no. that guitar. I needed that face melting Jack White guitar, and I got it yeah. in Fear of the Dawn. Yep, and that's. That's the same type of riff. Now, that being said, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It was a great 
follow-up to Taking Me Back. I actually like this better than Taking Me Back. Yeah, I did. I did too. I did too. I'll give it a strong three frenzies. Um, yep. This shows. This shows what Jack White is capable of when it comes to his guitar playing. This is why I always yeah. kind of try to stick behind him and prop him up when everybody else, you included, kind of, you know, poo-poo him, knock him down. down. He but, can be up and down with it. But there's no denying he's a phenomenal guitarist. Yeah, and, oh, this uh, this is the face-melting white stripe stuff I want to hear from him. So I'm getting more excited about Fear of the Dawn coming out here within the next month or two. Yeah, definite, definitely a, a solid outing. All right, we talked about Heart last week. We talked about the implosion of Heart. So what do you think of Ann Wilson's new single, Greed? It had the Heart sound, but it lacked, it lacked a little something. And I think it was Nancy. You didn't have that that edge in there with it that you would come to expect. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, it's not a bad song when you compare it to no, what else is not. out there. Um, I'd probably so give it. I had it two and a half. That's where I'm going to. I go two and a half with it. It's not a bad song, but no, I agree. I, I listen to the rest of it but it, it it had the start of heart but it lacked that that backbeat so you're saying it had no heart <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna play off of you now <laughs> I, I would say it was a half a heart i'd say half a heart half-hearted <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, with you. I just, uh, there's something about it. Again, if it had been a heart song with Nancy, I bet you it would have had, like you said, that, that harder edge that it needed to be a really great song instead of just yeah. a good song. So I'm with you on that. I'll give it two and a half, maybe a slightly weak two and a half. Slightly weak two and a half. It was better than a two slightly all right let's talk about a really cool fun song a cover song that you and i both kind of stumbled upon <laughs> last week Corey taylor oh his solo stuff has been really damn good and he's and what here it, he gives us he's from slipknot and stone sour right we looked at that last week yeah. yep Gotta love the fact that he goes back to the old rock influences and puts together an unbelievable, unbelievable version of John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown bands on the dark side. Oh, so good. Loved it. And then the little homage at the end. We're not going to give it away. We're going to make you listen to it to find out what we're talking about. Two classic songs. Two classic songs. Yeah. He he weaves into the end of it. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's a phenomenal cover. Love this one. Oh, 
it's not the original. I'm, I'm going three and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'd probably give it three and a half as well. Um, if it was, if it wasn't for what he does at the end with the other twists and turns with the classic songs, it probably would be a two and a half or a three. It's a very faithful version of On the Dark Side. Now, yeah. if, if it was just that, I don't know. I would say it didn't really add anything to the original version. No. But with what, he again... Kick it up, but with what he did, gave it that that extra. Yep, and like Dave said, the extra oomph he gives you at the end, and you people go out and listen to it. We will not spoil it. We're not about spoilers here on Sports Frenzy, so you have to do the work. You go listen to it. You find out what we're talking about at the end, and you will realize why it kicks it up a full point. Up to three yeah, and a half. Rock stations have picked this one up this week. I've heard it several times. Good. Good to hear that. So, Great it, to hear it's, it's on the radio. We need to not only get all these younger people involved in old school rock and roll. Love. I would love it if they would start rediscovering Eddie and the Cruisers and John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Uh, very underrated, yeah. very underrated band. Awesome, I saw for free. Awesome soundtrack. Yep, I saw them and for John free. Not get the credit. Yep. When I was a, a freshman at Miami, when I was a Hurricane, they played there for free, and I got to see them. It was a great show, fantastic nice. show. That's awesome. All right, shall we dive into Laughing Boy? Duran Duran's next track. Yes. Now, I did some research on this since we talked about this last week. There is now a deluxe edition of their new album out. That's where this is coming from. Um, okay. Again, it's not on the original version like we were talking about with the Scorpions, where you listen to the full deluxe and I only listen to the standard. Laughing Boy right. is not on the standard edition of the new Duran Duran album. This is on the deluxe. And I told you when I initially heard this and I put this on our, our list, I think this song is probably better than almost everything on the, the original album cut. Wow. You didn't All like right. it? Interesting. I was meh on it. Oh, I liked it. it I liked it, but it, didn't do all that much for me. I will listen to it, but I'm, I'm more on the two and a half on this one. Well, two and a half's not bad. I would give it three. I really kind of like this one. I really, again, I really think this was better than almost all the tracks on their current album. And of course, okay. again, I did this... like this one better than the last song we listened to. Yeah. Now the mystery contestant of the week. <laughs> Who is Dream Widow? Who the hell is this band? And why the hell should we care about them? I don't know, Dave. Do we reveal it? Do we reveal it or make them dig deep? No, we, we should probably let them let them know because the movie bombed this weekend. 
It barely made $1.5 million. Nobody went to see it. That's because it wasn't a wide release. You couldn't go see it everywhere. They did have it at uh, the Cinemark here. They did. Oh, did they? Yeah, it is at the Cinemark here. Yep. Well, hell, maybe I may have to go give it a shot. Yep. But Dream Widow is, in fact, the Foo Fighters. It is the death metal band whose tracks they find in their movie Studio 666. Now, this is, this is hard, hard thrash death metal. I don't know what you want to call it. I, it, it yeah, definitely in that realm. Not your usual listening pleasure. Yeah, no, no, not, and I, I did not, I did not really care for this all that much, to be honest. You know, I didn't mind it all that much. <laughs> figures, but I like God, that figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would. Enjoyed this. I, I can only give it two, two frenzies. I just, I went free. <laughs> see, kids, sometimes you find out the differences between Dave and I, and you're finding them out today. Um, I go Duran Duran, he goes Dream Widow. <laughs> oh, by the way, I do have an update. I do have an update on the Hall of Fame voting, the fan Hall of Fame voting. The 1% that matters? The 0.1%, David. Get it right. The 0.1%. I'm sorry. The 0.1%. <laughs> yes, because I've been voting every day. <laughs> Duran Duran is now number one. They have blown past Eminem. So now Duran Duran is number one on the ballot. Of course, the top five will get in in the 0.1%. Yeah. I can't push Judas Priest into that fifth slot. They're sixth. I got, I've got to get some help people. You have got to go out there and vote for Judas priest. Put the priest in. The Eurythmics are still ahead of them. The Eurythmics are still ahead of them. We can't allow this to happen. Vote for the priest. All right. Now I know we're probably going to be oppo on this one too. So let's go ahead and do this one. Since we just had our out of the way. Yeah. Woman of flesh and blood. And I guarantee I like this song more than Dave did. Guaranteed. I guarantee it did. I'm giving it two and a half. That's not bad. Two and a half's so, not bad. No, it was, it was a decent little mellow tune. Yeah, and now they let here's the thing. It. They let the guitar player sing most of the lead vocals on it. So it's not Cy Kernan, the the normal lead singer for The Fix, he kind of comes in, I think, on the chorus or on the transition into the chorus. Yeah. So that's part of the reason why it doesn't really sound like a Fix song, per se. Um, but that being said, I still, I still thought it was okay. I still, I would go two and a half with you though. I go two and a half. I thought it was good. Not great, but good. I'm shocked yeah. you gave it two and a half. I thought you would have been retching listening to this. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I would listen to it again. Yeah, and eventually we will review when they decide to put out an album. We'll review the album. 
Yeah. Speaking of which, I have a feeling next week, possibly, maybe, we will be reviewing Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs' new album, External Combustion, which comes out this Friday. Yeah. But in the meantime... The second song released on there, Electric Gypsy. I like this little bluesy track. As did I. I thought it was very good. I'm very encouraged from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, they've got their own little sound going here. The first one we reviewed had that Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers vibe, which we kind of expected. But this, they kind of are finding their own way with. I still think this has a Tom Petty vibe to it. Um, It does, but not as heavy. Well, I think the song is heavier, but the Tom Petty influence isn't as heavy. Right. Um, Yeah, this one's got a little bit more oomph to it. But, no, I really enjoyed this one. I, I went three on here. I go three and a half. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, like I said, we will discuss and decide what we're reviewing next week. But I think the new album, External Combustion, might be on the agenda. As could possibly be a song from a new band called Skills. Their new Skills. single, yeah, their new single is called "Stop the World." Dave said, "In there, what, what are you, what are you talking about, Kev? Have you had one too many beers tonight?" Maybe. Well, of course, but um, Skills is a new band put together by the head of Frontiers Records, who is an overseas label who have been putting out all the classic rock stuff from Night Ranger and. White Snake and Winger, they're the ones trying to keep the classic 80s bands alive. So the head, right. of, the head of Frontiers found this lead singer that he thinks is the be-all, end-all. So he said, well, what can I do to promote this guy? Get him in a band. So he brought in Brad Gillis from Night Ranger, and he brought in, <laughs> and he brought in Billy Sheehan, from Mr. Big and David Lee Ross' first band when he was a solo act, the Eat 'em and Smile Band. So Skills is this new kind of super group. Um, that, I'm intrigued now. Yep. So Stop the World is the first single. New album coming out in a couple months. So, All right. We'll definitely have to give this a listen. Then, of course, we mentioned Studio 666 opened this week. Have you seen the new Coors beer they put out? No, no, I have not. Almighty Light, which ties into <laughs> ties into Studio 666. Somehow, nice. Dave Grohl has so much influence, he got Coors to rename their beer for a couple weeks to oh, coincide no with the release of Uh, Studio 666. Yeah. Did did you read the interview with Dave Grohl from late last week? 
where it talks about how the pandemic has played hell with him because he's pretty much deaf to being able to hear anybody's voice. No. He pretty much lip, lip reads. No, I did not see so that. Conversations. Yeah. He has real trouble hearing what's going on. But musically, he's in tune with everything. And it's because on stage, he can't wear the dampers. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, a, a lot of these musicians, of course, we know Pete Townsend notoriously has hearing loss. It's just, yeah, yeah it's Brian just Johnson, the price you pay. Easy. Yep. Great, great call there. Yep. Of course. Um, two other quick notes. Don't have a dollar figure on it, but Neil Diamond has sold his music catalog. He is the latest to uh, say, hey, here's my music. Give me tons of money. But again, we don't have a dollar figure on that. And finally, again, a couple weeks from now, we will be reviewing Mammoth, WVH, Dirty Honey. Dirty Honey just put out a, a, a concept video for their song, Another Last Time. So check that out. Mammoth is playing new stuff on tour. I Don't Know It All is their new song they're playing here. Hopefully we'll hear that in a couple weeks. They're also covering Alice in Chains, Them Bones. There's a video nice. out there for that. Check that out. It is awesome beyond belief. And Wolfie says, we're not taking five years to put out the next Mammoth WVH album. I want to get it done and out, if not late this year, early 2023. Good for him. Yep. All right, kids. TV and streaming news coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stuck in a no-win situation? Wife being held captive while your feet bleed? Take a second to decompress. Pull out your smartphone and listen to Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. And don't forget to check out their Facebook page. The maestro and the conquistador will take your mind off your dire predicament and give you the best non-PC sports commentary you'll find anywhere. And once you compose your exit strategy and take down some German terrorists, you'll want to yell, Yippee-ki-yay, Sports Frenzy 2.0! Hey kids, welcome back to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. And I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. And here we are taping March 2nd, 2022. This will drop Saturday, March 5th. In time for the weekend for ideas on what to watch, listen to. We got you covered. It's all good. So... TV and streaming on this segment, our weekly recap on Resident Alien. <laughs> we're almost, can you believe we're already probably halfway through season two? No, I, I can't believe we're halfway through. God, this is it, just when you don't know where it's going to go, they throw you another curveball for the alien to have to deal with. Harry's daughter. 
Harry's daughter runs away from camp while mom's off globe trotting, whoring herself away in <laughs> Europe. <laughs> oh, just man. when they're about ready to head out to New York to meet supposedly another alien. So Harry yep. can connect with one of his own kind. Yep. This, this unknown daughter falls into town. It's a heart-wrenching, heart-endearing story. As yeah. long as you don't watch the mayor's play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the good thing about this show. It really is. You you kind of just summed it up, is that I know where you're going. It's... Oh. It's a real, it's the show has a good heart. It really has a good heart. It does with a and lot he, of good comedy, a lot of dark turns. Where did mommy's happiness go? It is, it is an my adult comedy. It is an adult <laughs> comedy that actually does have its heart in the right place. If, if that's yeah. possible. <laughs> And this pulls it off. So another solid outing yeah. for Resident Alien. Yeah, I believe I said last week that the first couple episodes took a while for season two to get going, but the last three episodes have been phenomenal. So now we head off to the Big Apple to find out what Harry is going to do when he encounters yep. another of his own kind. Yep. Because he's going to New York where they have law <laughs> and they have order. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how yeah. he's going to handle that. <laughs> Can you please tell me where Mr. Lenny Briscoe is? <laughs> <laughs> dong, dong. <laughs> what a great segue, by the way. Thank you, Dave. Because, of course, I wanted to bring up the fact that the original longest-running show in television history is back. Dong, dong, Law & Order returned last week. Season 21, technically, even though it has not been on the air for a decade. Wow. But, of course, it brings wow. back a, a couple old characters and brings back some new actors. Jeffrey Donovan, of course, who you and I both love, is now yes. one of the two lead cops in the first half of the show. Of course, if you people don't know the format of the show by now, shame on you. The first half is law. The second half is order. The first half uh -huh. is the police. The second half are the attorneys. So, yeah, of course... They have the police who who arrest the bad guys, and then you have the, the prosecutors who put them away. <laughs> now you got me thinking about Harry all over again <laughs> from Resident <laughs> Alien. Um, but yeah, Jeffrey Donovan, I like what they're doing with him. It's a little heavy-handed because they brought back Anthony Anderson as well, one of the old Law & Order cops from the original incarnation. Um and those two don't get along because Anthony Anderson, of course, has got to be the PC Black Lives Matter guy. And Donovan is more straight laced. I hate all people unless they follow the law type guy. I don't care what the color of their skin is. I hate all people. 
if they don't follow the law. So the, they're clashing already. And then Hugh Dancy, which we talked about, from Hannibal, the guy who was chasing yeah. down Hannibal Lecter, they brought him in as the lead attorney, district attorney, um, working with Sam Waterston, of course. Again, yeah. a, a throwback to the old Law and Order. So I loved it. I the first episode, I was hooked. I was back in it again. I I love it. I can't stand SVU. SVU is such garbage. You know. Oh, it's done its course. Well, just the subject matter is so disgusting and so distasteful. It's like a soap opera combined with a sleazy tabloid. You know. Oh, a nun got raped. A child got molested. I don't need to see this on television. It's supposed to be an escape. You know, that's why I've never liked SVU. I can't stand SVU. So I'm glad to have the old regular law and order come back. Just solve a crime in an hour. Do it well. Make it interesting. I will enjoy it. So I've been glad that the uh, Olympic lull is over for shows. NCIS is back, finally. And Peaky Blinders debuted overseas this past week. So God, please get that. I know it's coming. Oh. It's got to be coming soon to Netflix. They said it was I the highest know. rated debut of all time on BBC. I think. Well, yeah, it's been what three years almost four since the last season and yeah. now we were finally getting the conclusion and that's one of the ones where i feel bad i know you've tried to get me into it and i watched the first couple and i will eventually probably watch it yeah, so it's I, I can see if you're if it doesn't hook you right away, and I can see where it, it's not going to hook everybody right off the bat. Well, and it, as we talked, it's kind of acquired. Well, and as we talked about the last couple of weeks, how long did it take me to watch the first two seasons of The Boys? You know, I just got to be right. in the mood, got to find the right time, the right place. It's all about feel. It's all about mood. You know. Yeah. Speaking of which, we talked about this two weeks ago. It's official. Disney Plus is going to break the rules now. Disney Plus, <laughs> starting March the 16th, will create a whole new TVMA universe for Marvel shows. They are bringing in all of the stuff from Netflix, Punisher, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Defenders, Iron Fist, Daredevil. Moon Knight will be pulled into that when it debuts. S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is now in that. They got the rights to that. They're pulling that in. So Disney Plus becomes a little bit more attractive in terms of a streaming service now because you get all that Netflix stuff. And they're saying that because... A little harder, a little edgier... Maybe you can do more with their other Marvels moving forward. Yes, and they are saying, because of course, I don't want to spoil things. Of course, it's been spoiled for me. I know you know this. But let's just say one of those characters 
from the Netflix Marvel Universe who happened to appear in a huge blockbuster movie recently might get a new life now that his show is being pulled in to this new TVMA universe on Disney+. Plus. It's about damn time. Yeah, he's got horns, by the way. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Not the one I want, though. Yeah, Not the man. one I want. You know the one I want. Which they will... I just... I'm so worried with this political dare, climate. Dare we give any more clues? No, I'm not. I'm talking about somebody completely different now. I'm saying that... Oh, I know I know where you wanted to go. I want the Punisher. I want the Punisher. God damn it. Give me the Punisher. I am tired of this. Oh, he's white supremacist. Oh, people have that on their truck and they're immediately going to put a Confederate flag on there too. That is not, not what the character is about. Good God. I can't stand that crap, how they've destroyed that character in the media, in the press. That is not who the Punisher is. Stop pigeonholing him. He is, a, and uh, it's a good sign to me that Disney is bringing him in. I was worried they were going to exclude him. I thought yeah, they wouldn't no, bring he, him at he all. He needs to be out there. He does not stand for any white supremacist stuff. Shame on everybody who's taken over that symbol for stupidity's purpose. But again, I give Disney credit. That's very rare. But I give them credit. They're pulling the Punisher in to this TVMA well, universe. So we will see. We will see. But I'm just glad they're bringing him in. That tells me that maybe, possibly, hopefully, we'll get over this crap, this divided PC crap, and the Punisher will live again. Now, speaking of white supremacists, we got to talk about something from Peacemaker last week. I forgot to bring this up when we were doing our season recap of Peacemaker. There, of course, is the great line that John Cena throws out there about Green Arrow, where he basically says that Green Arrow likes to go to brony conventions. (laughs) Of course, My Little Pony for Men. Yeah. As the ass end of Sparkle Pony, I think it was, with a four-inch <laughs> asshole cut out. <laughs> of course, Stephen Amell, who played Arrow very well before the uh, the whole WB PC crap kicked in, didn't didn't take kindly to that. So he had to fire back on Twitter here a couple weeks ago. Here's the thing. Stephen Amell is in a show on Stars, which you have, right? You have Stars. Yeah. I know you hate wrestling, but there is a show on Stars with Stephen Amell oh, called Heels. Yeah, with him and yeah. So I saw the previews. Yes. Which I, I want to watch. I want to see this. Maybe it'll be a kind of cool behind the scenes look at what happens. Dramatized, yeah. of course, but uh, it's, I think it's him and his, in the show, him and his brother. His 
competing. But the thing is, since he's in this wrestling show, after after the comment on the last Peacemaker episode about him with the four-inch butthole and the My Little Pony stuff, Stephen Amell had to come out and say, well, I'm glad John Cena's got the time to make jokes like that about Green Arrow since I'm showing him how you should actually behave as a professional wrestler. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty funny. That was pretty good. Uh, That's bad. Finally, to wrap up TV and streaming here on my end, We've talked about the new Raylan Givens series coming soon on FX, City Primeval. Yes. Even though the book is not a Raylan Givens book, it's going to be interesting and anything to get Timothy Oliphant back as Raylan Givens will take it. Yes. Guess who else? Phenomenal character. Well portrayed. Guess who else is psyched about this? So much so that he wants to direct a couple episodes. Pray tell. Mr. Quentin Tarantino (laughs) wants in. Oh my God. Well, you got to remember, he is not a stranger to Elmore Leonard's work because he directed the book Rum Punch, which became Jackie Brown. Right. So he loves Elmore Leonard. So this doesn't surprise me that this Tarantino wants very in. Good. This could be very good. When somebody who has a passion like that, good things come about. Now, did you ever see Jackie Brown? Oh, yeah. Yep, with De Niro and, and uh, Pam Greer. Yep. Great. I love that, that movie. Good. Very good. Yep. All right, kids. That is it for TV and streaming. Unless Dave's got something. Not yet. All right. Stay tuned. Lots of movie stuff coming up, though. Lots of movie stuff. Dumbasses. Moments of silence. Stay tuned. The weekend edition will be right back. Mm, Yes. Listen, you will, to Sports Frenzy 2.0, you must. Much to learn from the maestro and conquistador there is for entertainment every Saturday. On Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and everywhere are they found. Let's all go to the lobby. Hey, (laughs) kids, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition. Here we are filming March 2nd, 2022. This will hit... March 5th, I am the Conquistador Dave Height. And I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. And as you could have guessed, it's time to go to the movies. Got a couple of reviews and some news for you. We are going to start off with The King's Man that we finally got around to watching. Even though we were supposed to go see it with your boys... And they screwed us. us. This is what you get, kids. This is what you get when you try to do things with your children when they grow up. And they say, oh, sure, we want to go see movies with you, Dad. Sure, we want to go see movies with you, Uncle Kev. 
and then they screw you. We got the grandparents to take us yeah. instead. Yeah. <laughs> the elder statesman, one of our panel members on our normal sports frenzy podcast. And the matriarch. Yep. But that's okay. Ugh. We'll we'll make do. We'll watch the movies when we can. So this the prequel to the Kingsman movies that we've had, and you don't have to watch the two Kingsmen to watch the Kingsman. I think I and you told me that, and I agree with you. Because I have slacked off and I did not watch The Golden Circle. But I think you should watch the first one because there is a little bit of background that connects the first one with this. I don't think you have to watch the second one, though. No, the first one, it would help on a couple of things towards the end, but it's not necessary. You can get by, yeah. So, now this, as a standalone here, leading in, very enjoyable. Uh, Liked the characters. Of course, it has its PC stuff going on in there. You know, I don't don't know back at the time, pre-World War II, how much influence a female servant would actually have upon a lot of things. You got to let it go. Yeah, you just got to let it slide. Like you said. Let it ride. Yep. So, no, it was entertaining and pretty well done. Yeah. The whole lead-in. I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, We both agree, I think, Ray Fiennes, he is great. When you put him in between the Bond movies and this, you know, when you get him away from his pretentious past with the English patient, (laughs) one of the most ridiculed, mocked movies ever. He's he's pretty cool. Pull off some good stuff. I don't know about you, but when I watched the 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 climax to this movie, the final fight scenes. I actually kind of maybe was thinking, damn, he could have pulled off Bond maybe 10, 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that thought popped into my head as well. He he actually looked like he could have pulled off a really good James Bond. Um, Yeah. Once he got more into the action sequences. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, of course, there's stunt doubles involved, and, you know, especially now. Yeah. That's why I'm saying still, 10 or 15 years ago, when he was younger, he probably could have done more of the work himself. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know about you. I thought this was kind of a roller coaster movie for me, in that um, I, I ended up really liking it more, again, than I thought I would. I'm going to give it three frenzies, a strong three. I liked it yeah, as much as I did the it. first, the first Kingsman movie. Um, yeah, I'll tell you that, the one that middle segment after the World yeah. War One segment with his son kind of dragged the whole movie down. Um, yeah, I thought trenches. 
yes, it was necessary, but it just it bogged the movie down. It seemed like we were watching two different movies. You know, it was like we went yeah. from a, a Kingsman movie to nineteen seventeen or right. you know something from you know the old World War days. Yeah. It's not there, there was a disconnect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It felt like you put it perfectly. The transition was not well done. You put it perfectly. It was a disconnect. It felt like somebody had dropped a different type of movie into the middle of a Kingsman movie. Yeah. Because yeah. I love the beginning. I love the end. Yeah. But Outside of that, though, the storyline moved along great. And even even with that not being quite in line with the rest, that all was done very well. I was thinking the same thing. You read my mind again. Um, again, it's not criticizing the quality of what they did. It's just it felt like a complete and total shift in tone and feel for the movie yeah. when they did that. Now, I yeah, love... I love the, Three the different movies in one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that unfortunately, I think that downgrades it a bit. Um, yeah. but I did love bringing in all the historical characters, Rasputin and, uh, you know, we won't talk about the German <laughs> characters. <laughs> yeah. Especially Lana. hint, hint in the end, in yeah. the, uh, the hidden scenes. Yes. No, Lennon. Lennon is, of course. Good. I liked how they were bringing it all into play. I was very happy with Kingsman, um, the Kingsman. Of course, we have to yeah. differentiate. It's like Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. So Kingsman yeah, versus no, the Kingsman. I yeah. loved the Kingsman enough to give it a strong three frenzies. On the same page, through and through. Now, shifting from the drama, we move on to this week's comedy. Pseudo-drama, mostly comedy, Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Your, your hapless video game... NPC character who, son of a gun, finds himself wanting more, evolving within the video game. Don't want to give away a lot of the reason how that happens. <laughs> we don't want to ruin it for you. Right. But it, it's, it's a nice... Nice little story weaved in here on how that all came about and trying to resolve the main issue of corporate greed. Yeah, I I was really intrigued with the movie for the first 30, 45 minutes. And then it just lost me. It just lost me. I just couldn't, f 
I mean, I got through it. It was fine. Brian Reynolds. Stretch that they could have cut that would have made it a more tighter film. Brian Reynolds, of course, is awesome as always. And he's he's the guy on the screen, obviously. You're gonna follow him. He's charismatic, good looking, smart guy, funny guy, sarcastic guy in all his movies. You're gonna watch him, you're gonna follow him. The rest of the movie, though, I could give a rat's ass about. Jodie Comer as the the love interest, Lil Rel as his best friend. I mean, the acting outside of Ryan Reynolds was so generic. Taiki Watiti, who I love, of course, he is behind our favorite TV show, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, he even comes off as kind of as the bad guy, quote unquote. And I'm just, I just think my problem is with video game movies is they are so, and now we're not talking about like Uncharted. Uncharted is a a, a movie it's based on a video play. game. I'm talking about movies like this, like Pixels, anything that actually gets into the techno stuff where you got people typing on computers, tapping on keyboards. And, and, you know, looking at monitors and video screens and who can type faster and who can put their USB port in and download the video or the, the data quicker. That stuff, yeah. that's not drama. That's not action. <laughs> that's just, that's our kids today. I can't that's stand it. Do. It's not action. It's not, it's not plot. It's not, you know, the structure that I want to see in a movie. And that's, that's why free guy to me just didn't work. I give it two frenzies. I liked it a little better than you did. I'll give it two and a half. I didn't mind it, but then again, I liked ready player one too. I I expected more of that in this. And we didn't get a lot of it until the very end. And even then, it was only like 30 seconds of it. And again, we're not going to spoil anything for you, but Dave knows what I'm talking about. There's a little... When when Ryan Reynolds meets his alter ego, let's say... The dude. No, see, you just spoiled it! Um, And then... spoil anything. Guy has to find some ways to combat dude there it's very fun the best scene in the movie comes from that let's put it yeah. that way oh, the funniest scene in the movie comes from that <laughs> but again i don't see how you can in this day and age make computer programming gaming interesting on the big screen now free guy was a huge hit so it obviously worked but it doesn't work for me because i'm a bitter old man there you go you just don't get it i just want people killing each other shooting each other like in the king's man that's the kind of movie i want mano y mano carrying people missing legs over trenches Blood and guts, mines, barbed wire, 
Mortar shells. Come on. Duels to the death. Typing on the keyboard. Oh my click, god. Click click click. click, 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 click. Hashtag virus. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Is this what we've come to? Is this now an action yeah. movie? Again, that yeah. being said, Ryan Reynolds is awesome. I do love him. He's great. Yep. Well, what was the meme that uh, my boys sent me? It's movie producer. Hey, Ryan, we got a movie for you. Ryan, do I get to be a complete and smart ass? Yes. Sign me the F up. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. If he's a smart ass, there you go. And there is a another, there is a visual clue in there that uh, you people should pay attention to if you watch Free Guy that will harken back to, of course, Ryan Reynolds' greatest role. Uh, that's all I will say. <laughs> now, Dave has been vindicated by one of the greatest actors of our time, as we've talked about oh. here over the past couple months, the Oscars are upon us, Golden Globes, the SAGs, and of course, one of the movies that is at the forefront is The Power of the Dog. Dave, take it away. This is why I love Sam Elliott, the consummate Western guy. His quote Power of the dog's a piece of shit. And I couldn't agree with him more. I feel so vindicated with this coming from one of my favorite actors. Ugh. Ripping it to pieces. It is not a Western. How can you call it that? Director yeah. has no idea what the American West is. He's got to be careful there, though. He's got to be really careful there. Because, of course, Jane Campion directed it. He doesn't want to get into the whole, you know, blame for being a misogynist type thing. Yeah. but And he even praised her as a director for other things. But this one, trying to film a Montana down in New Zealand. Yeah. It, no, I agree with him. The movie sucked. Oh, no, I'm not going to dis dispute Sam Elliott. Are you kidding me? Man has been in some of the the greatest Westerns of all time. But I'm just saying, good for him. He's getting older. He can he can go ahead and burn bridges if he wants, and that's awesome. Yeah. He's speaking for us. Yeah. You know, it is, it is not a great movie. I've told you that. Now, I watched it. I liked it better than you. I like the ending. I could under, but he's right. It's not a Western. It is not a Western. It was, it's advertised as a Western. It is not a fucking Western. It's he's right. Not a Western. No, it's very misleading. And had it not been called a Western, I might have taken to it a little bit better, but it is so misleading. And, so disappointing in that regard. Right. It's a family drama. And just yeah. because it and takes... Said, I, if it was just a straight-up family drama, I would have ignored it entirely. Right. Right. 
So good for Sam Elliott. I agree. Awesome to hear him standing up and saying what we want to say. Finally, what we have, you know, again, all these movies that get put up for Oscars for the most part are crap. And it's good to hear one of their own telling them, hey, this is not a Western. It's a piece of crap. Now, speaking of movies that are not pieces of crap, it looks like we are going to get Beetlejuice back again, Dave. Uh, Michael Keaton is... No, no. As long as Michael Keaton is playing Beetlejuice. Yes. Michael Keaton looks I like... I'm fine with it coming back. Yep. Brad Pitt got involved here recently. His production company jumped in and said, we want to redo, not redo, but we want a sequel to Beetlejuice. We want Michael Keaton back involved. It looks like both parties are happy with that and it's going to move forward. So good. Good. That could be interesting to see Michael Keaton back again yeah. as Beetlejuice. And I don't think age matters because he looked old with no, that makeup not. to begin with in the original. Yeah. No, it. it it doesn't matter. He is going to be awesome. Now, here is another bit of movie news in terms of a returning character that I think you will find interesting. Steven Spielberg now wants to do, direct, produce a new movie focusing on Frank Bullitt, the Steven McQueen, Steve McQueen character from the classic ah. Bullet movie. Now, you and I, I think you and I have talked about this and agree that the original Bullet movie is not Steve McQueen's finest moment. It's no, overrated. No. It is overrated. It's very slow paced. Right. And I still don't think I even will go out on a limb, blasphemy among you know, the movie illiterate, you know, the geniuses out there. And I'll, the, the car chasing isn't even the best ever. I'll take the French connection. I'll take to live and die in LA any day over the chase scene and bullet, the car chase. There are others that have been more well done. That kind of set the bar at the time. But again, I've watched it. And I just, it doesn't do anything for me. Now, of course, I'm not disparaging Steve McQueen. I love Steve McQueen. He's awesome. But I don't know how I feel about this. It's very slow-paced. I'm kind of excited to think that Steven Spielberg could re-energize the character and actually make a bullet movie that is worthy of the legend that's been created. Yeah. That would be intriguing to see what he can pull off with it. So supposedly his passion project is on the front burner. Maybe in a couple years we'll see that. All right, so we got to move on to moments of silence here. Um, Sally Kellerman from MASH has passed away. Uh, the original Hot Lips. Yeah, much much prettier, much better looking, in my opinion, than Loretta Swit. Yes. Uh, much more worthy of the moniker of Hot Lips. Yes. 
Although I I do love the TV show, so I'm not disparaging Loretta Swit. It's just Sally Kellerman no. was much Sally better Kellerman looking. Was, yeah. Okay, now on a personal note, you're going to have to bear with me on this. Um, the other moment of silence I have, the one show over the last five or six years that I have actually listen to my daughter, my 20-year-old daughter on, that she has recommended that I watched and I enjoyed was New Girl. I don't know if you remember that. It was on Fox with Zooey Deschanel. Um, yeah. It's actually a very funny show. It's actually really funny. I I got into it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, now, Nick the character in the show that we would relate to the guy who just slugs bears down left and right, you know, never shaves, you know, he's, he's just kind of like one of us sports. He had an Asian, an old Asian friend. He would wander around when he would have an existential crisis every four or five episodes, he would wander into the park sit on the park bench and there'd be this old oriental guy called Tran and Nick would sit there and just talk and talk about his feelings and his emotions. Um, and uh, at the time he had a crush on Zooey Deschanel's character and, and the, the, the oriental guy didn't say a single word. He would just sit there and kind of look at him a little bit and you know and nick would just talk and talk and work things out and at the end he'd say you're my best friend tran <laughs> and he'd hug him and they'd he'd walk away and this happened like i said every four or five episodes well tran passed away Aww. ralph on ahn i hope i'm not mispronouncing his name ralph on passed away in his 90s but he played Tran in New Girl, so I have to give him props. Nice. And, you know, thoughts and well wishes to his family. Again, very personal one to me, but I just, I've got to give recognition to him because he was such a cool bit part character in one of those shows or those movies that, uh, for me, I will never forget. It's all about the connection. Well, you, there's always those characters, those actors, you know, those people that you kind of connect with. If it's in a scene, you know, in a movie, um, an episode in a TV show, you know. It, yeah. All right. I have dumb asses. You will like these. I think you will really like these. I don't think we're going to play dumbass or not, though, because these are kind of obvious. Yeah. Two of them are connected to the, unfortunately, the Ukraine-Russia crisis. First up, of course, is Joy Behar of The View. <sighs> Bitching and pissing and moaning. She's almost got a permanent seat on the plane of doom. <laughs> Oh, I think, yeah, yeah, I think she's got a seat. I think we've got her strapped in no, no kind of food service or any kind of, maybe we'll give her a, a drink to dull the pain a little bit, but, um, nah, she gets a ball gag. 
Yeah, she bitched and pissed and moaned once the Ukrainian-Russian crisis started because it ruined her Italian vacation. What a self-centered bitch. As you always say, man, it's a one-percenter problem. Yep. Duh. And the other one who took advantage, one of the people that we've been talking about lately and liking, but he's made some stupid mistakes. He did this about six, seven months ago, I believe, promoting Fast and Furious 9 is John Cena. John Cena tweeted out when the whole invasion started. He used the opportunity to start promoting Peacemaker. Oh, I wish I could have the powers of hashtag Peacemaker to go into the Ukraine and stop Russia. (laughs) Dude, don't do that. Don't don't, promote your show when there's an international crisis going on using said international crisis as the basis. Try and bolster, yeah, no. And of course, he did this with China and what was it, uh, Singapore or Taiwan, something like that. And he, he dared to say that, what was it, Singapore was its own country and then he had to backtrack because, of course, that pissed off all the people in China that watch his movies. Here's an idea, John Cena. You suck at wrestling. You're barely a good actor. Stay out of politics. Stay off social media. I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know if this is a dumbass. This could be a one dumbass or not. AMC has decided that they are going to charge more this weekend if you want to see the Batman, they are going to start dynamic ticket prices so that now they can oh, charge more bullshit. for more popular movies. I hate this crap. It's another money gouge by corporate greed. I hate it. Everything's going up. This is bullshit. What they're going to say, I'm just, I'm not siding with them, but I'm just going to give you their viewpoint. They're going to say that, well, the Eagles charge $140 for bleacher seats, you know, nosebleed seats, whereas other bands charge 60. So why can't we do that with movie ticket prices? I'm just saying that's going to be their rationale. And it's flawed completely. I agree with you. It sucks. And if you look Absolute at prices, crap. if you look at prices for tickets in New York, oh my God, because that's where they were drawing the comparison is like, they said, it's 18 to go see Uncharted. It's going to be 19 to go see the Batman. I'm like, who's paying 18 or $19 to see a fucking movie? Wait till it comes out on Blu-ray and own it for the same price. Jesus. No kidding. All right, we're running out of time again. I did not. Prices are ridiculous. I did not do a good job of planning this all out in terms of time, but this one I have got to get in here. I've got to because I know Dave wants the Wheel of Fortune debacle from this past week. Have you heard about this? Yes, yes, I have. Another feather, blank and 
Y O blank R blank A blank. Laura, we don't know her last name, thank God. Hat lap map were her guesses. Another feather in your hat lap map. Jesus Christ, woman! Jesus, the poor guy who finally won. Thank God there is some kind of justice in the world because he got bankrupt and he got loser turn while these other two idiots can't figure out another feather in your fucking cap. It's not rocket science, people. There have been so, there have been a lot of horrible guesses over the last month. Because of the dumbing down of our fucking society, David. All right. You got to wonder how some people get on these shows. Say goodbye to the kids, Dave. We got to go. Goodbye to the kids, Dave. We got to go.